You're now listening to the Boys in the Booth podcast with your hosts, Harper Cody, Chad Melbourne, and Casey Abrams. New episodes every Monday on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Welcome to the podcast, episode 91, Boys in the Booth. We are your hosts, Cody, Melbourne, and Abrams. Uh, guys, how are we doing tonight? Doing great, Harp. It's in the thick of summer, and I've got like a string of really exciting weekends coming up. And on top of that, we have GM week from the 21st to the 28th. That's going to be super exciting. Like a couple episodes of the podcast that I'm really excited to talk about. I love talking about these expansion drafts, and I love talking about the NHL draft. I love talking about free agency. Like it's going to be so exciting. So, like, I'm just cloud nine for the next few weeks here. Yeah, I'm with you, Case. These next two episodes, like including this one and then the next one for the expansion draft and the regular draft, are so fun every year because it's it's just it's a time where you can. I mean, it's sort of a crazy time with the expansion draft because it doesn't happen that often. And covering the Vegas one was really cool. But now, you know, we're it's a couple years later. We've learned a little bit about you know what GMs are willing to do and and what they probably will do come expansion draft, which is cool because we're likely going to see a bunch of trades and a bunch of picks that you might not have seen coming and it's just overall super exciting and then for the draft like this year's draft is nuts like we don't even know who's going to go first overall like we think we do but i think it could just be you know after one it could be crazy so like these next two episodes i'm with you are going to be awesome and uh, i'm super excited I was a little bit disappointed that we took off last week, but it's it's whatever. Like that's just how it worked with the Stanley Cup final on Monday. That's when we usually usually record on Monday. So I was a little bit disappointed. It feels like forever since we've talked. So I'm just like jacked up for this episode. So yeah, ready to go. Yeah, this is like my favorite time of year, the off season. And guys, like just with all the rumors, the big names out there and the expansion draft, the regular draft, free agency, all of that. This could be one of the craziest off seasons in a long time, couldn't it? Like, yeah, yeah, Harp, Harp, I, I would love the regular season, or I would hate the regular season too if I was a Sabres fan. Say, the only guys that love the off season so much are Devils and Sabres fans. <laughs> <laughs> I hate it because we're going to lose some good players this year for the Leafs. Like, come on. <laughs> and uh, but before we get into all of that, and so we're going to be talking about, uh, we'll pick three players each, so nine players in total that would be steals in the expansion draft for the Seattle Kraken. And by the way, the expansion draft is coming up in a couple of weeks, uh, July twenty first. So mark that on your calendars. But first of all, uh, we have to comment quickly on the Stanley Cup Finals. Uh, first of all, congratulations to uh, the Montreal. Canadians on an incredible playoff run very unexpected uh but you know what good for them for getting uh for getting to the dance and the Tampa Bay Lightning congratulations to them on winning uh their second consecutive Stanley Cup just an absolute powerhouse Andre Vasilevsky takes home the Conn Smythe Trophy three straight Stanley Cups for Pat Maroon uh the Nikita Kucherov press conference 
the three guys being sponsored by Bud Light, he's one of them. All of it, we're seeing all of the party videos and everything. It's it's been a it's been quite uh, quite the scene down in Tampa, Florida. So again, congratulations uh, to the Montreal Canadiens on their playoff run and to the Tampa Bay Lightning on winning their second straight Stanley Cup. Guys, thoughts on uh, Tampa Bay winning the Stanley Cup, that Game 5 and and all of that stuff before we get into the episode. Really here. excited for Ross Colton. That's huge to get yeah. the game-winning goal of the Stanley Cup in your first season. Like, that's awesome. They're kind of talking all game and, like, the game before that about how that stammer line needed to step up and do something. And while they, they scored the most important goal in, in the whole season. So I was excited for that. And and um, even if you're a Canadian or a Canadians fan and you just wanted to see Team Canada win here, you got to admit that the most deserving team won the cup. And, and that's always exciting to me. Like, I, I don't want to see someone kind of squeak in and win the cup. I want the best team in the NHL to win. And, and that was Tampa Bay. Like, they were so good. I was saying Cal- Colorado earlier, but you, you can't doubt Tampa Bay. And yeah, there's a lot of excitement to watch here. Like, I love seeing Blake Coleman win another cup. I love Patty Maroon three-peating. Like, all of this is great. So, definitely exciting. A little sad that it's over, but um, what else can you say? Yeah, I, there was an article in The Athletic that I saw a couple days after the cup was won, and it was ti- it was essentially titled, you know, the Tampa Bay Lightning have cemented themselves as one of the best teams in the salary cap era and i think that's fair to say like you just look at this team and what they've done back-to-back cups the first team to do it since pittsburgh um who was the only other team in the salary cap era to go back to back tampa bay is coming back with a pretty nasty roster next season i know they're five million dollars over the cap right now they're probably gonna lose a guy like tyler johnson but damn they're gonna be good man. yeah that's a that's a thing chad man i've I saw that same article kind of reposted on Instagram somewhere and all the comments were like salary cap, salary cap, like salary cap era. Are you sure? And it just makes me sick. If I have to hear 18 million over the cap one more time, I'm going to vomit. Like, that's just such a joke. Like, there's been so many teams to do it. There's other teams in this playoffs that was doing it, too. It's like, just get over yourself. Like, if, if there's a loophole in the system you should be excited for your team to try to expose that loophole and get it done. And then all the stuff on top of that with Tampa Bay trying to close that, close that loophole. Exactly. Years before. It's like, just shut up. Like, let them win the cup. They're the best team in the league. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, no more talk about the 17, 18 million over the salary cap. Throw that out the window. If teams really wanted that loophole to be out of the league, it would have been gone right now. Tampa Bay used it to their advantage. Uh, They have got just an absolutely stacked roster and... uh, yeah, it's it, they, they were very deserving of the Stanley Cup. So, again, congratulations to the Tampa Bay Lightning, uh, first in 2004, then in 2020, now in 2021. So, again, congratulations to the Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, all right, guys, uh, let's get into our episode here. So, of course, uh, the uh, Seattle expansion draft coming up on the 21st. We're really looking forward to that. Uh, Seattle has a head coach now. Actually, they have their entire 
coaching staff, which features Dave Haxtall, Jay Leach, and uh, Paul McFarland. And so it's going to be really interesting to see uh, who Ron Francis and company uh, selects uh, on expansion draft day on the 21st. And so again, uh, we're going to take uh, nine players in total uh, that we think would be real steals for the Seattle Kraken in the upcoming expansion draft. So uh, Casey, why don't we start with you with your first one to, to kick us off here? Summer's coming. Are you ready to unveil your beach bod? Well, you're in luck. Our friends at Manscaped just launched their fourth generation performance package, which includes the Lawnmower 4.0. Yeah, you heard that right, the 4.0. Complement your summer bod with a trim from the leaders in male grooming. The sun is shining and calling your name, fellas. Join the 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped and get ready for hot guy summer by going to manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping with the code BIT. TB20 at checkout. Did you guys see Nikita Kucherov's post Stanley Cup winning presser? Yeah, that's a guy who needs a Manscaped Lawnmower 4.0 right there. It's time to bundle up with the Manscaped Performance Package 4.0. Inside this package, you'll find the Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, weed whacker, ear and nose hair trimmer, crop preserver, ball deodorant, crop reviver, toner, performance boxer briefs, and a travel bag to hold all your goodies. First off, in this performance package, it includes the Lawnmower 4.0, and this trimmer is insane. Dare I say, the goat of all ball trimmers. Yeah, I said it. Their fourth generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin safe technology. The Lawnmower 4.0 has a 7000 RPM motor, a new multi-function on and off switch which can engage a travel lock and also gives you the ability to turn the 4000 LED spotlight on and off when you need a more precise shave. And did I mention the trimmer is waterproof too? In the shower or in the wild and from your chest pubes all the way down to your ball fro, the Lawnmower 4.0 is the best trimmer for you. Want to take your grooming game even further to the next level? The Performance Package 4.0 also includes the Weed Whacker to chop your worst weeds up top in your nose and ear. The Weed Whacker is also waterproof and uses a 9000 RPM motor powered by 360 degree rotary dual blade system. This nose and ear hair trimmer provides proprietary skin safe technology which helps prevent nicks snags and tugs in those delicate holes. Seal the deal with Manscaped's liquid formulations. Before heading outside, use the Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant to keep you on your game in the heat. Then, after trimming the lawn and whacking the weeds in the heat, give your balls a boost and use the Crop Reviver. Manscaped even threw in two free gifts to their Performance Package 4.0, the Manscaped Boxers and the Shed Travel Bag. Bring your comfort and boxers to another level. So get 20% off and free shipping with the code BITB20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping with the code BITB20 at manscaped.com. Escape the shrubs and weeds this summer and shine with Manscaped. Yeah, you know, I, I was thinking about this episode and at first we were kind of talking about picking the best players available and, you know, I didn't personally necessarily want to do that so bad because there's some players that you know value wise they're such great picks and maybe they won't be like talked about as much because they're not the most skilled players and and quickly i kind of want to mention three of those guys in, in a little one-liner here uh the first one's eric robinson i think that taking him from columbus is is really the only real option because there's not a lot available from columbus um you know and, and not to mention he had a pretty great like 
I'm going to call it a breakout season last year. And I, I heard this one interesting stat about him that he had the highest su- success rate of uh, puck retrieval in the whole NHL. So you get the puck in the other team's zone, he's going to be crashing and banging and getting that puck for you. So it's like one of those players that you saw have success when they came over to Vegas a couple of years ago and, and still having success, like a guy like uh, Nosick, like that guy is is doing great over there. So that's a guy I wanted to mention quick. Colin Blackwell, if they don't take him from the Rangers, they're crazy. That's such great value with that uh, below a million salary cap. He, uh, he had a big year last year, kind of kind of breaking out and becoming an identity player he had 12 goals and 10 assists in 47 games that's not huge but he showed that he can score some goals in big roles and he did that again with usa at the world championships so that's another guy i want to mention and lastly chris trigger i think that you know um even though he's a free agent or a ufa rather i think that they'd be crazy not to pick on this guy he's been such a great goalie the last couple of years he's proved himself as a 1b goalie and i think it would be pretty easy to sign him for like you know, anywhere from two and a half to three million dollars for two seasons to kind of prove yourself as a real starter. And then he's going to get a uh, Anton Hudobin type contract after that. So I think that is another big pick that they have to make. Then, can I, you know, Case, can I just jump in with the UFAs? I, I actually kind of wanted to talk okay, about myself yeah. this go, whole go episode. Ahead, if you guys, if <laughs> yeah, you just no, I'll, just, I'll, I'll be in the car <laughs> and I'll turn my mic off and you guys, you can just keep going, Case. Yeah, go uh, go ahead. Okay. Uh, for, for the UFAs, you, like you mentioned Drieger, and that's a good one because that's probably, that's one of the best UFAs available that you can pick. Like maybe you could pick Dougie Hamilton. That's another big one or like a Zach Hyman or someone. Like there are some good UFAs, but the... It doesn't really make any sense because you can just sign a UFA anyways. But I think if the player is good enough and you get that extra week of negotiation time, which Seattle will if they pick a player as UFA, it can be valuable in certain situations. So like totally think that it would be worth it to take a guy like that from from Florida if he's like... You know, he's one of the best goalies available, even though he's UFA. And like you said, he's not going to be demanding a huge contract. So that could totally make sense. But sorry, I wanted to say that, but go on. Yeah, no, just quickly to add on that, you know, he just has like sort of a, a lack of power considering the the little bit of a cup of coffee maybe he's had in the the NHL where I don't think he has the power to say like, oh, no, I'm going to go to free agency and play wherever I want to play. I think he if he gets picked by Seattle and they have that extra week, they're going to get him signed by by time of free agency. So I thought that that one made sense. So when at the, at the end of work today, my boss and I were doing the, the cap friendly expansion draft thing here and we noticed two little conundrums that that you have when you're picking these teams and and i'm sure seattle's having it too with some of them and it's like some teams you're going man who am i gonna pick from this team there's a lot of good players available you look at like tampa bay and dallas and florida and some of these other guys and then there's other teams it's like who the fuck am i gonna (laughs) pick from this team like arizona and buffalo and uh, i mean i'll I'll say in new jersey even though there's gonna be a couple 24 year olds available there but i uh i did decide to go with tampa bay we've already talked about them a little bit today you've already mentioned the name i think tyler johnson's got to be headed over to seattle and i think it makes a whole lot of sense for all parties involved tyler johnson needs a change of scenery seattle needs that playmaker like grinder experience playoff experience two stanley cup championships led the tampa bay and lightning in points one year like this guy has done it before he's not too far removed from that he's a 0.61 point per game player in his career i think you know people have been really trash talking him lately he got put on waivers this year to try to get rid of that five million dollar contract 
well, of course his production is going to go down when he, he kind of comes out of favor with Tampa Bay and is only playing 1340 a game. Like, how are you going to produce like that? This is one of those guys where you see go to Seattle and all of a sudden he's playing, you know, 19 minutes a game and putting up a lot of points and, and being a real identity guy for them and maybe wearing an A or a C one day. Like, he's from Spokane. It's going to be a perfect fit for him up in the Northwest. He played there in the WHL. He lit it up there in the WHL. So <laughs> I think this makes absolute sense for Johnson, Seattle. And I think that this is great for Tampa Bay to get that $5 million off the books. Although I think they're going to have to throw a little trade Seattle's yeah. way to force them to take Tyler Johnson. There's a lot yeah. available in Tampa Bay, especially if they, they only take, or if they take four defensemen and protect Chernak. If not, it's, I don't know that guy, you got to take him. But if uh, Tampa Bay sweetens it, you know, my thoughts, although I wouldn't like it very much, I think maybe Cal Foot could be uh, could be used as a piece that, that gets them to take Tyler Johnson, and that's a win-win for Seattle. Yeah, so, so talking about TJ, Tyler Johnson, there's a few things there. He's a great player, and the only reason, like you mentioned, that he was on waivers multiple times this year, the only reason he was on waivers is because of the contract. He makes too much money, and Tampa Bay was right up against the cap until the playoffs, and then they're $18 million over the cap somehow. But <laughs> but we're not going to keep beating that horse into the ground. It's dead. It's long dead. Um, but, dude, TJ, it makes total sense to go to Seattle you're right I was gonna jump in before you mentioned it that like they're going to need to send something Seattle's way because why would Seattle help help out Tampa who just won the cup twice in a row like they're gonna need to get something back whether that's you know a second round pick which will be very late or something like that or maybe it's a prospect like you mentioned something but I think it makes total sense Tampa Bay already knows that someone is gone. Someone who makes a significant chunk of change is gone. Tyler Johnson is more than likely going to be exposed. He will be exposed. Let's say that. He will be. And uh, some other good players will be too. So if they sweeten the pot and Seattle takes Tyler Johnson, I could easily see him playing, you know, 18 minutes a night or something on a second line, getting like 50, 60 points because that's the type of player he can be. Yeah, I think Jonathan Marshall so honestly yeah there you go yeah yeah exactly and and case like a big point for me that you brought up you know the fact that he is from spokane and when you're a team coming into the nhl or you know whatever league like you want those local guys right for the fans to recognize and get excited about and so uh not only is he a local guy but also he's a very great player who um you know if if seattle takes him which is very likely as we've been discussing here he gets a great opportunity to play a lot more and have a prominent role on this team mm-hmm. all right well yeah. chad uh, why don't we go to you with your first guy now that you're that you're looking at as a steal for the kraken sure uh who do i want to go with first i guess i'll go with a goalie to kick things off um fitting right but we already mentioned his name and it's anton hudobin <laughs> He's a UFA in 2023. Um, You mentioned, Case, that he's sort of been that really good 1B. He got that deal that he wanted. And, you know, it kind of just makes sense for Seattle to take a guy like this. He might be the best goalie available. I think it's between him and Drieger, but um, he's locked up. Udobin is locked up until 2023. And, one of these goalies on Dallas is going to have to be exposed, and it's not going to be Ben Bishop because he has a no-move clause. So 
Nudobin is going to be exposed. I think it's a no-brainer, absolute no-brainer for Seattle. And they get a goalie who has shown when Bishop has been hurt, which he has been a ton over the last few years and throughout his career, when a guy like that is down, he can definitely be a starter. He's shown that over the last couple of years. So Seattle gets their starter. I don't know if he is, he will be like in the top, I don't know, even 50th percentile of starters. But even if he's a good starting goaltender between the 15 and you know 32 spot, that's some pretty good value just for taking a guy for free. Plus, he makes just over three million bucks. So even if he's not that great, like you can pay a backup three million bucks. So to me, it's an absolute no-brainer for Seattle to take Nudobin. What do you guys think? Yeah, I, I like the pick, and I really hope it happens because I think that Nudobin really deserves this shot at being the one A guy for once. Maybe there will be a one B behind him. Who knows? But I think he really deserves it. I think he's a great pick for it, both uh, experience-wise as well as contract-wise, and. Um, you know, on top of all this, we've seen in the past with Vegas and kind of with how the the expansion draft works, there's a lot of good defensemen available always on, on a lot of teams. So you're going to have a pretty defensive team. And we've seen that with Vegas. We saw how they picked a lot of defensemen and then a lot of defensive forwards that can really bump and grind. So Hedelman's going to have a pretty good advantage to maybe not be in the top 50th percentile, but still have a great season just because of the way the team's going to play in front of them. Yeah, the, the way I see it, like with that percentile comment is like, if you can get a starter, no matter what percentile he is, if you can grab a starter for free, like it, it makes total sense to do. Like it makes no yeah. sense not to is what I'm saying. Oh, I think you're going to have a bit of pick a little litter when it comes to Chris Drieger and Jake Allen and, and Hugh Dobin. And there might be some other goalies available out there that I'm not even thinking about. So, yeah, like if I'm Ron Francis and you know, the management group in uh, in Seattle, I'd be happy with the Chris Drieger and, and Anton Hudobin tandem. I think that uh, they would uh, there be that internal competition between the two of them uh, for the net. And hey, for an expansion team coming into year one, I think that would be really great. And also, uh, you know, him being exposed and, and available that that's obvious. Jake Ottinger is is yeah. on the rise with the stars and they've already got Ben Bishop, who, when he is healthy, is one of the best net minders in the league. So, um, yeah, for sure. That's that's a great pick. I'll give you my first one, guys. You guys went with a couple of veterans right off the bat, so I'm going to keep that going. And I'm going to go with Jonas Donskoy of the Colorado Avalanche. And this is a guy who quietly is very good offensively. Like, he is a very good either top six or, like, top nine forward. He can move up and down your lineup. He was great for the San Jose Sharks when they went on their playoff run, made it to the Stanley Cup Finals and lost in 2016 against the Pittsburgh Penguins. I remember him scoring an overtime goal or two that was really big for them during their run. And he's been really good with Colorado as well. And he could quietly put up 20 goals for you and be one of those leaders uh, you know, in, in your lineup, whether it's on your second or third line. And I think this would be a great pick for the Seattle Kraken to have, sort of like a, like a Riley Smith, for example, in Vegas, you know, like just uh, a guy who goes about his business, quietly puts up some good numbers, is a good veteran, good around the younger guys. I think Don Scoy would be a great pick for the Seattle Kraken. What do you guys think? 
Yeah, it's funny. I kind of always want to compare these guys to the the Vegas Golden Knights, just the way it is. And and funny enough, I didn't think uh, Riley Smith right away. I, I I went straight to Chandler Stevenson, who's my favorite player on Vegas. So that's a pretty good comparison. And another guy that just kind of flies around. And like you said, he's maybe a little under the radar, but he comes up big and big moments. And we really did see his value in their in their cup run a couple of years ago. And, and that's when I really noticed him as a player. So that was a pretty big pickup for Colorado. And uh, it'd be an exciting one for Seattle as well. I don't mind the pick, but just as I'm here looking on cap friendly and, and trying to see who I think Colorado is going to protect, they're probably going to protect four defensemen, right? Like, are you guys looking at it right now? Like, I think they're going to protect Eric Johnson. He has a no move clause. Probably Sam Gerrard, Devon Taves for sure, and Kale McCarr. So there's your four D. But and that yeah. o- that only leaves you four forwards to protect. So you're taking Rantanen, you're taking McKinnon, uh, you're taking Kadri, and you're probably gonna protect Tyson Jost as well. well I would Gabriel think. Gabriel Landeskog. He's a UFA. So I I don't I think they would risk it because I think Landeskog wants to stay. So if those are the eight guys that I just mentioned that they take. That means that a guy like Andre Burakovsky would be available and also a guy like JT Comfer. So I like the pick, but I don't know if I value Donskoy more than those two players. I, I'm not sure. I think it's comparable, but I think out of those three, I would go with Burakovsky. Well, see, think? this is exactly one of those teams that I was talking about that when you're looking at them, it's, you're yeah. just licking your lips if you're yeah. Seattle because there's many good players. You just mentioned a bunch of forwards, Chad. Well, there's still Ryan Graves that would be That's a great true. pick up on the back end. So it's <laughs> just think in that I case mean, this, yeah. this team is so open wide and and uh you know the, this might be another one of those teams that's kind of forced into a trade or they lose a really good player yeah i think they definitely trade and heart maybe that's wh- where your mind was going with the donskoy pick maybe they make a trade and say hey don't take ryan graves don't take andre burkovsky don't take gabe landeskog's ufa rights or whatever for a week take Donskoy and you know see yeah. see how he does because given a, a bigger role like many players will he'll probably be able to do something with that that task so good pick but like I said I, I just I want to go through and just look at like the teams and and who I think they're gonna protect so that's just yeah wanted to to get that out there as well no a lot of options there for sure uh, with Colorado so okay that's our first three out of the way so case will go to you with uh your second player that would be a nice uh, a nice pick for for seattle yeah my second one's i'm gonna be a little quick here because i just think it's so blatantly obvious that they have to take this guy or, or else they're crazy okay it's matt dumba that's gonna be their best defenseman yeah in my opinion out of the draft they may pick up a better guy uh via trade or um free agency but matt dumba's gonna be their number one defenseman and that's saying a lot it's, like i just mentioned they, they're gonna have a lot of good defensemen to pick from i still think matt dumba you know um he's going to be big for them right-handed defenseman playing over 22 minutes a game for minnesota last year his production dipped a little bit but you know he once upon a time he had 50 something points in the nhl this is a guy that can move the puck and move it well and another guy that i think maybe a change of scenery is going to be good for him um he's a great player on the ice and he's a great player off the ice he's going to be one of those leaders in the dressing room and in the community he does so much in the league it's like i think you're just you're nuts if you're not picking him unless there's some sort of trade to protect him which i don't i haven't really heard is 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 the case in minnesota so i think matt dumba is playing for seattle next year and and 
one of their best players. Matt DeYoung is playing Matt, for Seattle Matt next Young. year. <laughs> that, that's definitely what you're going to say. You're, yeah, you're thinking I, I that. Yeah, I caught that too. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, this this is, like you said, Case, this is a no-brainer. Um, he makes $6 million bucks uh, until 2023. He's a good defenseman, and he, like you said, might be their best defenseman if they take him. It's no surprise that Minnesota, you know, they've been trying to move him because I think they need guys who can score. Like they've got cappers off who might not even resign. So I'm just looking at this team again and like Zach Parisi has a no move. Matt Zuccarello has a no move. Spurgeon, Suter, Brodine. Arm tied, man. Like they have to, they have to protect three players on the back end because of no movement clauses, and that right there puts you in such a tough situation. Yeah. So then, if if you even if you wanted to protect Dumba, which like like I said, I don't think they will. Maybe they try to trade him beforehand, but they've been trying to trade him for like two years now. So I don't know if that gets done. But if you wanted to protect Dumba, that means you have to leave a guy like probably Marcus Foligno, Jordan Greenway. Yeah. Oh, I mean, when you think about it, there's two players on forward that are automatically protected because there are no movement clauses, and that's Matt Zuccarello and Zach Parisi. So you get two more. You're not going to protect Erickson Eck. Come on. No, of you course. are. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and you're not going to protect Kevin Fiala, who we're talking about signing for, for six to seven or seven to eight million dollars next year. So right there, you're leaving Jordan Greenway and Marcus, or, uh, yeah, Marcus Foligno wide open as well as, you know, some of the other guys on there that I don't think will be touched. But, you know, that's a good forward going. And it's funny. They're in such a shitty position. Like, even if they didn't want to protect these guys with no movement clauses, I don't think Seattle's taken that Ryan Suter contract on. No. Or even if, sorry, if if they waive, if Suter says, yeah, sure, waive my no movement. I don't think Seattle's taken that contract. I don't think Seattle's even taken Jared Spurgeon's contract if it's open, although he's a great defenseman and a great leader and, you know, all of the above. I just, it's a scary position to put yourself in so early in your franchise. So yeah. really weird situation. I, I didn't really plan on talking about Minnesota that much here, but. <laughs> Matt Dumba's the guy unless he's he's traded before the draft. Yeah, yeah, fifty points in uh, the seventeen eighteen season, like you mentioned, Case, and he's been in the rumor mill in Minnesota for a couple of years now. But this would be a great pick, and like you said, not only on the ice with the way he plays, but off the ice too. Like he's very confident, he's outspoken, he will do a lot in the community. Like he would be a, a really great ambassador for this team. If they were to if they were to pick him and 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 guys also he's really good buddies with JT Brown who's uh, who's on the broadcast crew for the Seattle crack and uh, he's going to be an analyst for them or, or whatever it is so um, yeah I, I, I mean swear to God if you go down into Harper's basement there's a room with a bunch of twine and thumbtacks <laughs> all over the wall just drawing connections throughout the NHL like, where the hell did that one come from. <laughs> Yeah. Well, they they were they were teammates because uh, Brown played a season or two in Minnesota. So. No, no, I, I get the the friendship or the yeah. Comedy. I just don't understand where you drew a, a broadcaster for Seattle out of thin air. Like, yeah, that that takes talent, and that's why he's the super genius of the podcast. So we agree. Then <laughs> Matt Dumba is the pick, right? We yeah. think that. Yeah. that oh, makes of sense. course. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. No, well, for sure. Okay, uh, Chad, uh, yeah. you're your second player now. I will go on to my second player now, and it's from the Calgary Flames. I think they're going to have a lot of tough decisions to make, or at least a handful of tough decisions, because when I look at this roster, 
They've only got one guy with a no move, and that's Milan Lucic. Even if you expose Lucic, I don't think he's getting taken. So really, it's wide open, and you've got to make some decisions. We know that they want to blow up their core, or at least shake up their core. Matt Kachuk has been in the rumor mill recently, and Johnny Gaudreau for the last two seasons, and you know Sean Monaghan and, and, and Elias Lindholm and guys like that. And we've seen the emergence of Andrew Mangiapane, especially in the, the World Championship or whatever that recent tournament was. Yeah, the World Championship. I clearly didn't watch it. I'm not a big fan when, you know, Mangiapane or Connor Brown's the best team on best player on Team Canada. But anyway, they've got a lot to do. They like they've got a lot of decisions to make rather. And I think one big tough decision that they're going to have to make comes on the back end and it comes to their core. And I think it has to do with Mark Giordano. And I think they yep. have to leave him exposed. I'm looking at their back end and their best three defenders this year were number one, Chris Tanev, who saw that coming. We knew he was good, but damn, he was good this year. Uh, Noah Hannafin, again, took a huge step this year on a poor team. And Rasmus Anderson, you just locked him up long term. You're not going to not protect him. So unless you want to go with protecting four defensemen, which leaves, you know, some good players like Elias Lindholm or Sean Monaghan or one of those guys exposed, I don't think you're going to do it. So to me, it looks like Mark Giordano, the aging offensive defenseman uh, who is the captain of this team. I think he's the odd man out. 37 years of age. Uh, he's on his contract for one more year. He expires in 2022. And I think that would be a great pickup for Seattle because he could step in and be a captain of this team if he if they really wanted him to be. He could bring some veteran you know experience to a team that will probably f- be full of you know young guys and futures. And I think it just makes sense, especially if Calgary is going to leave him exposed. Like he's only signed for one more year, like I said, and because he does have a hefty price tag for for his production. I mean, he has scored a ton of points, but he is getting old. So I, I think like just overall. I think it makes sense, and I think we could see this this crazy pickup for Seattle. What do you guys think of Giordano being exposed? I definitely this is the craziest one we've talked about so far yeah. for me. Yeah. It's just like it's not like surprising, and it's not like I don't think it's going to happen. It's just such a crazy one to talk about because there's so much that goes into this, and there really is a lot of options to pick from Calgary. You know, you talk about a lot of great defense, but I mean. Backland, regardless of that contract, is still a good pick. So, like, it's yeah. another team that's got a, a lot of good ones. And you yep. talk about the struggles of Calgary and and wanting to shake up. Well, I mean, you're going to go into this team and, for one, maybe trade one of their stars, and then after that, kick them in the balls and get rid of their captain, who's been there for ages and is like the leader of this team. Had a crazy season two seasons ago. It's like to me, that's just like just you know kicking the chair out from underneath a team that's already falling backwards so it it really is a wild one to hear about and definitely an option and and yes seattle that's an easy contract to take on when you have no cap so far and uh a great player to kind of lead your team for one or two years and then he's done yeah and again sort of drawing the uh the vague or uh the comparison to to vegas you know like sort of like Derek Angland going to Vegas. Except, former except former really Flames. Hockey. Yeah. yeah. 
That's right. But, you know, for and he played in Calgary before he got to Vegas and just the veteran defenseman and someone who can be a leader and step in in that role right away. But I just, I don't know, at the same time, like Giordano does mean a lot to the Flames organization. Like if he stays, I think, you know, he'll retire as a Flame and, you know, have his number raised to the to the rafters there if if that's the case if he does end up sticking around and then Seattle still has some very interesting options, you know, like an Oliver Shillington or a Dylan Dubé, speaking of forwards, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but th- this this would be a, a crazy pick. And there was talk about maybe uh, Seattle bringing in a guy like Duncan Keith, who, as we know, went to the Edmonton Oilers in a deal today. Uh, so maybe they're looking at Giordano next. It's a very interesting name to bring up, Chad. Yeah, and you have to think for Seattle, you know, you see what Giordano's done in in the past with his D partners. He he elevates guys' performances. He really did with T.J. Brody. He made him into the defenseman he is today. Great defenseman. I mean, I talked about that matchup before the the pairing of the two. He's done sort of the same thing with the other guys he's played with this year with Anderson and, and like a guy that relatively came out of nowhere for me personally a couple of years ago. Yeah, and. You know, he has that ability to bring the best out of all the, the other players he plays with. So on a team where you're going to be picking a lot of good defensemen, it's great to have Mark Giordano to play beside one of them. Like Mark Giordano and uh, and Matt Dumba. Yeah. Great. There get the best yeah. out of Matt Dumba, get him back to where he was. Yeah. I just like, like I've said so many times this episode already, like I'm just looking at logistically who they're going to protect. And I just don't see them protecting Giordano at 37 years old. Like... It, like maybe I'm crazy, but I just think that they're going to have to say, "Listen, you've been our captain, you've been with our organization for a long time, but we're gonna have to leave you exposed, buddy. You're 37. Hopefully, Seattle can, you know, do what Vegas did, and he'll be able to chase a cup. But I don't know, man. It sucks, but that's hockey, right? Unless they trade one of their big guys before then. But we're running out of time. Like the clock's ticking here. Like we've got yeah. less than two weeks before the expansion draft here. So if they're going to make a deal, you know, for a Matt Kachuk or, a, you know, whether it is a Giordano or someone that they want to get value for, like they're going to have to do it yeah, soon. But that's that's the thing is it's, they're not trading for, for kids and picks. They're, they're trading for another guy that's going to make them good now. So that's you're going to have to protect that guy regardless. That's true. That's very true. Yeah, because yeah. they stunk this year. I can't believe they were so bad this year. Mm-hmm. After a big off season too, they went out, gave money to Markstrom and to Tanev. Those were those uh, their big uh, their big contracts, and yeah, they were they definitely under uh, underperformed this year for sure. So no, they need a shakeup. It's going to be interesting to see what happens with with Calgary for sure. One of the more interesting teams, I think to watch this offseason for sure. The sun's out, bums are out, and hopefully your pubes are not out. Also, flip-flop season is upon us, and you're out here with those post-pandemic toenails. Well, don't worry. Our friends at Manscaped have you covered. They just launched their fourth-generation performance package and their Shears 2.0 nail grooming kit. So join the Manscaped movement by going to manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping with the code BITB20 at checkout. You guys see young Johnny Gord celebrating with the Stanley Cup, chugging beers, looking like an absolute statue. 
Yeah, notice no chest pubes. That guy uses a Manscaped Lawnmower 4.0 for sure. The Performance Package 4.0 includes the new Lawnmower 4.0, and this trimmer will change the way you approach your grooming routine. This fourth generation trimmer features advanced skin safe technology to reduce your grooming accidents, and you don't want any ingrown hairs or snags on your boys before beach season, so this will help for sure. The Lawnmower 4.0 has a 7,000 RPM motor and on and off travel lock, and it gives you the ability to turn the 4000K LED spotlight on and off. So if the power grid goes out in Texas again, you can use the Lawnmower 4.0 to illuminate the way with this LED spotlight. This trimmer is also waterproof so you can trim in the shower and not have to worry about your cleanup on aisle D. The Performance Package 4.0 also includes the Weed Whacker to chop your worst weeds up top in your nose and your ears. The Weed Whacker is also waterproof and uses a 9000 RPM motor powered by 360 degree rotary blade dual system. This nose and ear hair trimmer provides proprietary skin safe technology which helps prevent nicks, snags and tugs in those sensitive little nostrils of yours. Use the Crop Reserver Ball Deodorant and Crop Reviver Ball Toner to keep you on your game in the heat. Manscaped even threw in two free gifts to the Performance Package 4.0, the Manscaped Boxers, and the Shed Travel Bag. So bring your comfort and boxers to another level. The Shears 2.0 is a luxury four-piece nail kit, tempered stainless steel tools, and it includes slashed tipped tweezers, round point scissors, fingernail clippers, and a medium grit nail file. You're probably wearing flip-flops and you don't want people to see those nasty unclipped toes of yours. So get 20% off and free shipping with the code BITB20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping with the code BITB20 at manscaped.com. Tame that summer swamp in your pants with Manscaped. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, so uh, my second player, and he's, and he's from the Buffalo Sabres, who, as you mentioned, Case, like, don't have a lot of guys for for Seattle to choose. But one interesting guy I do think is Rasmus Asplund, who is young, who kind of came on this year. Like he got a really good opportunity when Don Granato took over a great chemistry with Casey Middlestad and Tage Thompson. So who knows? Buffalo might toss a, a sweetener Seattle's way to keep Asplund, keep that line together since that, uh, since they're going to be a, a young team uh, next season and and trying to build things back up again. But, you know, very much like uh, yet another uh, Vegas comparison here, guys, but very much like Vegas taking William Carrier from oh. uh, from Buffalo in 2017 and that expansion draft, I think. This could really be a nice pick for Seattle. Just a a really nice bottom six forward uh, for for the Kraken, and so I I do I do think Rasmus Asplund would be a really nice pick for the Kraken here. The other guy, since we've talked a lot about Seattle uh, taking a lot of defensemen, the other guy I could see Seattle taking is Colin Miller off of the Buffalo Sabres and then maybe flipping him uh, to another team for a draft pick or another player, a forward or something like that. So, uh, but I I do think Asplund would be an interesting pick for the Kraken and could be a nice player in their bottom six. What do you guys think? Yeah. So see, this is one of those teams where I was having a hard time deciding on who I would pick from them. And 
you know, you talk about Colin Miller, and that was my initial reaction seeing this team. But you can only pick a certain amount of defensemen in this expansion draft. And we've already talked about a few, and, and we're sure we're going to talk about more. So um, I think Colin Miller maybe slips by just based off how many defensemen Seattle's going to be taken from other teams. So, yeah, then you have to look at forwards from Buffalo. And I don't think they're going to be taking a Cody Eakin or a, or a Gergensen or... So I think the natural answer here is Asplund because he's young and he's a guy that you can take a chance on, a guy that can maybe show a little bit of skill here and there. And um, you said William. Well, I thought you were going to say William Carlson. I, I don't think that's ridiculous to to think that just because I didn't think very much of William Carlson four years ago. Yeah. So, you know, that's that's maybe a similar comparison similar age and a sim- similar opportunity for the young yeah guy. so yeah and and just just to sorry chad before you jump in just to go off of that case really quickly um you know you mentioned thomas nosick and i mean i think like carrier and nosick both like you could you could say the same things about the both of them like just really nice surprises for the Vegas Golden Knights in the bottom six. And I certainly think Asplund could be that. And, you know, there are a couple of other young options from Buffalo for Seattle to take, but I just, I don't see it. I one Anders Bjork. I don't see that happening because Bjork was part of the Taylor Hall trade. So it would be smart if you're Buffalo to keep a young player like that and make it work. And then also Tage Thompson, he's signed for another two years and you want to make that work as well because uh, you got to have something out of the Ryan O'Reilly deal. So anyways, I, I wanted to bring up those two factors so as well. What do you think the trade looks like for, to, to force Seattle to take Jeff Skinner? Oh, oh my geez. God. <laughs> Two firsts and Jack Eichel. Right? <laughs> like it's a damn shame he has that no trade clause because that would be a great guy to expose and say, please, please. Yes, oh. here you go. Here, here's the first overall pick. Oh, and our first rounder next year, uh, and uh, for you to take Jeff Skinner. Oh my, that, yeah, that would be. They wouldn't take him. It would just like it's too much. He's so bad. Like, and sorry, Harp. I know it's your team, but. My God, we knew when that deal was signed that it was going to be bad. We just didn't think it'd be this bad this quick. No, but, uh, yeah, I, there, there's no way. I know there's talk, and I love the you know there's the uh, there's the connections him to Ron Francis from their days in Carolina. Jason Botterill, who's who's uh, Ron's uh, right hand there, is assistant GM in Seattle, was the one who signed Skinner to that deal whether he really wanted to or not i mean yeah uh, but yeah that that is not happening there's no. no way he's got he's got a no movement clause and he's sticking around and at this point kevin adams and the sabers just have to try and make it work you know i think the fact that jason botterill is the agm in seattle next to ronnie francis almost it makes it almost certain that Botterill wasn't the guy leading the charge to sign Skinner. It makes it almost certain that he was told he had to do it and didn't want to. Because I don't think, like, Seattle is a very, like, I think they're going to be a very analytics-focused 
organization and i think they're going to get away from like a lot of the old stereotypical hockey men and even though ron francis is gm no disrespect to him he's very forward thinking but their their full their their group that they've got there and that they've built is i think going to be one of the more forward thinking organizations so i think the fact that lateral is there means that they know in Seattle that Bodrell had no say in the Skinner deal, even though he was the goddamn GM of the team. Like, what a joke to think about Man, that. To to be a fly on the wall uh, for a conversation between Francis and Bodrell, just maybe about some of Bodrell's experiences in Buffalo. I, I, again, I would love to be a fly on the wall for that conversation. But you know what? It's going to be interesting. Like, yes, Buffalo doesn't have a large crop uh, for Seattle to choose from, but Bodrell will give them some good insight, no doubt. Yeah. And before we get off of Buffalo, I wanted to say about Asplund. Um, I think if Seattle could take Asplund, that would be a really great pick because as much as you've said, um, you know, he's a bottom six player. I think Asplund has some potential to maybe be a power play guy as well. Like you saw it a bit in Buffalo. And I think it's tough to judge what a player is when they're playing in a system that is just so mismanaged and poor. So like, it's hard to judge a player on Buffalo or Detroit or wherever until they get, you know, a chance to play somewhere else. So I think Asplund, yes, is a bottom six player right now. Maybe I'd call him a middle six player though, because I think he has that potential. And also he's an RFA this year. And so if they would just want to take a chance and just qualify his offer, um, he makes 845K this year. That means his offer would still be less than 900K. And if it doesn't work out, you could bury that contract in the minors. No problem. No questions asked. Yeah. And negotiations for a bridge deal wouldn't be very hard if you wanted to sign him for one times two or 900 times two, like whatever. So, Yeah. yeah. Anyway think it would be a sneaky good pick for seattle yep uh all right case player number three for you as we get towards the end here so uh uh your third guy for uh for the kraken yeah my third guy is guy that i don't really personally know if he's going to be available come the draft because i think there's a good chance that he gets traded uh and that's vince dunn for the st louis blues um, I've been talking about this guy for a while just because I kind of like his play and he reminds me of a Will Butcher and uh, that's the reason why he's not in New Jersey. There's a lot of talk about him getting traded there, but we already have Will Butcher and apparently Lindy Ruff doesn't even like him. So <laughs> I think that Vince Dunn would be such a great pickup for Seattle. I have talked about how there's a lot of good defensemen available and you can only pick a certain amount. Well, I think this is going to be one of them if he is available. He's a young guy. He's only 24 years old. Um, he's kind of that puck-moving defenseman. He's definitely going to be on Seattle's power play, uh, quarterbacking one of them if, if if he goes. And, you know, he had some pretty decent numbers with St. Louis the past couple of years. And that's with, you know, a little bit of sheltered ice time because they weren't really comfortable with him for whatever reason. Well, I think that given a good opportunity, he can be a great player. And, you know, he had 40 uh, or six goals and 14 assists in 43 games last year that's not spectacular but that's playing 19 15 a game and uh we've seen him get 35 points in 78 games in 2018 and 2019 and win a stanley cup so he's got that experience under his belt as well 20 games in the playoffs that year nine the year after i think it's a very valuable player to pick up at a pretty pretty good uh opportunity with uh the, this, whatever salary he's at nowadays 
Yeah, I, I think it's a, I think it's one of those picks where he might not be RSA. Sorry. Yeah, sorry. Uh, I, I think he's one of those picks where he's like he might not be the absolute best player right now. I mean, he might be on the team if you're picking him, but he might not be the absolute best player on your team, and he might not be your best top four defenseman. But he can play in your top four, which is valuable. And he's only 24, so he will get better. You know, compared to a guy, say, a 30-year-old defenseman, and that's actually who I'm going to talk about next for my second pick, or my third pick, rather. But, like, taking a guy who is young gives you so much value because then you can sort of – you already get a player. It's not like you're drafting a guy. Like, you already get a player who's pretty much there, but then you get another two, three years to sort of work with him through his development, and you can kind of see what kind of player he's going to turn into. So I think Vince Dunn would be a really great pick, but as you said, like I think he might be traded beforehand. There's been a lot of talks and it just doesn't seem like or it seems like St. Louis doesn't want to lose him for nothing. So they're really trying to force a deal here. And if they're going to be able to get value in return before losing him for free, of course, they're going to do that. But we'll see if they're able to get it done on time. I'm thinking that between, let's see, July 17th, which is the last day for teams to submit their protected lists, to the 20th leading right up to the expansion draft i think those few days are going to be the craziest of the off season because there's going to be so many like rushed trades and stuff because oh, yeah. teams want to get shit done like you know like after they've already protected guys and say they're leaving a good player exposed like vince dunn they're gonna say holy shit we got three days to figure this out and we gotta trade him for some value or we're gonna lose him for nothing so i'm looking forward to those three days for sure but coming back to it all case i think Vince Dunn would be a great pick if he's available. Yeah, no question. Young puck moving defenseman who could use another opportunity. And he's been another guy in the rumor mill for uh, for about a year and a half now with St. Louis. And I do think that that relationship is uh, is headed for a divorce. And whether he goes to Seattle or Detroit, I know that that's been a, a team rumored to have interest in. I could see a, a very similar deal to like the Victor Arvidsson deal uh, with Nashville and LA, where Dunn goes somewhere for a couple of draft picks, a second and a third. Because I do think that there are some teams around the league that really value him, young puck moving defenseman with some potential, and um, he just just needs another opportunity. So I think fitting him into the top four in Seattle would would be huge. I think for yeah. the Kraken. I know we're we're going a little long so you got to be quick so my uh my last yeah. point here about well it's not about vince dunn it's about st louis now is that if vince dunn does get traded um i am packing my bags right away if i'm sammy blay because i think that's the next reasonable totally. pick for st louis or for seattle from st louis like yeah boom yeah. like that like done okay so oh yeah a couple good options here yeah yeah okay chad uh guy number three for you and then we'll get to mine and wrap it up here Okay, player number three, and I had to sprinkle in some Maple Leafs talk here because we haven't mentioned them all episode, and that is just crazy. So player number three for me that Seattle is going to be able to steal from another team, the Toronto Maple Leafs, is going to be Travis Dermott. So the Leafs just locked up Dermott to a two-year extension carrying an AAV of $1.5 million, and... Personally, I think that's a pretty good deal for Dermott because I think he's only going to get better from here on out. I just don't think he's going to be able to get better playing for the Leafs because he's been playing such a limited role. If you look at Dermott's 
offensive production, if you look at Dermott's, um, you know, zone exits, if you look at Dermott's more advanced stats, it gets worse year after year for the last three years. So, and that correlates with something, correlates with his opportunity in the lineup. You know, going back to the 2018-19, or no, going back to the 2017-18 season, Travis Dermott was playing mostly uh, top four minutes for the Leafs. And then as you move forward, the Leafs acquire some better defensemen to sort of bump him down the lineup. You know, it started with Jake Muzzin, and then it went to TJ Brody, and then it went to Zach Bogosian, and then it went to, uh, you know, Rasmus Sandin, who leapfrogged him on the depth chart. So for most of this year, uh, he, he was he was a seventh defenseman for the Maple Leafs when Sandine was healthy, and that's that's fair to say. And that's I don't think that's selling it short. I think that's what he was. He was a seventh defenseman. But I think this is a prime example of a player, if given a bigger opportunity to play in the top four somewhere, he could really really shine. And I know we've mentioned that there are so many good defensemen that Seattle is able to pick, but with Dermott. I just think that he's a player who can play in your top four, which is great. And he's young. He's 24. He's valuable. He plays with with some grit. Like, he throws body checks. And he was the best defender on the Leafs this year at defending the rush. He's able to break up rush chances, which is valuable. Um, so I think there's a lot, of, a lot of valuable things here about Travis Dermott. And the reason I say that he's going to get picked rather than a guy like Alex Kerfoot or Justin Hole or something is because I think the Leafs are going to go and protect three defensemen, meaning that Justin Hall and Travis Dermott will both be exposed, but also meaning that Alex Kerfoot will not be exposed. I think the Leafs saw in the playoffs that they that Kerfoot has another gear and he's able to get there. And I think especially if you play him on the left wing next to Tavares and Nylander, he can really be the best player um, or the player that you thought he was when you acquired him for, for Nazem Kadri. So I think if the Leafs commit to that and they put Kerfoot on the wing and they got to do something about a 3C in a shutdown role because that just wasn't Kerfoot. He did not play well there. And they really keep, the, you know, they keep this guy and lean into, okay, he, he does all the little things right. Now let's get his production up. I think that's their mindset right now. And I could be totally wrong. But I think that just leaves the two defensemen on the back end exposed, Travis Dermott and Justin Hall. And if I were to choose between the two, I think right now Hall's probably better. Um, and I don't think that's crazy to say that Hall is better. But I don't think the gap is very large between them. And Justin Hall is 29 years old. And Travis Dermott is 24. So I think even just right there, if you're, you're building a team and you're growing together, I think it makes sense to take the 24-year-old. And he makes 500K less than Hall. So that's why I think the Kraken are going to steal Travis Dermott from the Maple Leafs if he doesn't get traded before the expansion draft. <laughs> There's a lot. There, that's, a, that's a big if because I have yes. heard a lot of that. Yes. Um, you know, this is this is a hard decision, really hard decision to make. You know, I'm pretty torn between Justin Hole and Travis Dermott personally. And, you, you know, right away, you think that maybe the more natural pick is Travis Dermott because he is 24. And it's like that opportunity case that we keep preaching. But I don't know. I, I think it you got to really decide on what type of team you want to be if you're Seattle. And, and that really will have an effect on who they pick out of these two guys. And personally, I think that I would pick Justin Hole just because there's not a lot of right-handed defensemen available. He is one. 
He's got a great contract. He's been a great player for the team. And you've already talked about how Seattle's probably going to be a little more of an analytics team. And if a guy's numbers have been getting worse and worse and as he's been getting older and older, maybe that's not the right pick to make. Um, I would say for certain if uh, it makes no sense, obviously. But if Seattle was in the same division as Toronto, I'm taking Justin Hole 100 percent. Uh, not only to take the better player, but to also hurt Toronto more because yeah. obviously that's going to hurt Toronto more. Great contract, great player, like the better player. Yeah. But there's a very big case to be made that Travis Dermott is the better pick. So it's up in the air for me. Yeah. I And like what a year it was for Justin Hall. Like we really saw him come into his own. Personally, Chad, if I were Kyle Dubas and company in Toronto, I would be protecting him over Kerfoot, but that's just me. Um, you know, Dermot does have the age factor on his side and there has been interest in him. I think there are teams that look at him uh, and this is a guy who, um, is a former second round draft pick. He's got some talent and just kind of needs to play in the right system. And I mean, regardless of who Seattle decides to take, uh, their head coach knows both guys, right? Dave Haxtall knows both of them. So um, I, I could see them taking Dermot, though, uh, going with some young puck moving defenseman on the back end and just kind of seeing how it goes. Uh, but again, Hall would be a great pick just by the way he played this year and came into his own. Yeah. Some, something about Dermot too, before we move on, I know we're going kind of long here and we want to wrap up, but something about Dermot, he can play both sides. So Casey mentioned the right-hand shot defenseman in Hall and that's super valuable. Um, but personally, like I just look at it and I think, Okay, there are a few things about Justin Hole I really like, but there are some things I really don't like. You like the fact that he's a, he's you know he he plays with grit and he's able to play the body and he shoots right and he's able to kill penalties and all of that. Um, but you don't like that you know when Jake Muzzin went down, all of Justin Hall's underlying numbers also went down and he just wasn't a great player when he wasn't stapled to Jake Muzzin. And I don't think that's like, I think that's fair to say. And I think that's reasonable because Jake Muzzin is a great player. But when you, when that happens to a guy and you're 30 years old, you're not getting any better at that point. It's a little bit concerning for me. And that's another reason personally, why I wouldn't protect Justin Hall, but going back to Dermot plays both sides. So if you really need a guy on the right, like he's able to do that. I think that only adds to his value and Harp, you said this to me the other day, man, like they can't bring like well, when he signed, actually, you can't bring back the exact same D group. And uh, personally, I don't know if either of these guys are on the Maple Leafs next year. It, like, I think Hall, well, fair enough. Yeah. I think Hall is a good contract and he's a good value player. But if you bring back the same top four, like, honestly, I'm not like it, it was pretty good this year. Don't get me wrong, but I think you need to give more minutes to Rasmus Sandin. You need to see what Timothy Lilligren can do. You know, people have been saying shit or get off the pot with him for the last two years. So you got to figure yep. out what you have in him. So I yeah. think there's just a lot of question marks on the back end. And I think if I'm Seattle, I think the, the more appealing pick is the 24-year-old who can play both sides, personally. What, one last point for me on this uh, subject is if we've talked about it. I've said it so many times already this episode. A lot of defensemen have been picked true, in this true. draft. Oh, yeah. And what you have to think about is exactly what Vegas did, and that's pick a lot of defensemen and trade them. Yeah. Well, if you're looking at this team, 
the best value player available to me personally is Justin Hole because well for one third and fourth defensemen are going for about 3.5 million 4 million four and a half million right-handed defensemen all right let's get up to five million dollars per player and this guy has a contract until 2023 at two million dollars right-handed defenseman he's proved that he can do it he can play in this league and you mentioned that his stats go down when when jake muzzin went down well I think that's going to happen to most defensemen in the NHL. If you're yeah. playing with Jake Muzzin the the whole season and he goes down with an injury, your stats are probably going to suffer from it unless you're on some team that's just stacked on the back end and you get another good D partner. It's just it's just the nature of things in, in the NHL with Jake Muzzin being one of the best defensive defensemen in the league. So to me personally, I actually think that Justin Hole is the val- more valuable player here just so you can trade him. Yeah, true. Yeah, very fair. All right. Uh, my last pick. I'm sticking with uh, the uh, defenseman talk. And uh, Brady Shea of the Carolina Hurricanes is who I've got. Yeah. 39 points in his rookie season. He has uh, shown uh, lots of potential in, in New York. And, of course, he was traded for, uh, for a first-round pick to Carolina uh, last year before the uh, the playoff bubble in, in Toronto and Edmonton. Um, and, you know, has been okay in, in, uh, in Carolina. He's still only 27 years old and I think can still be a pretty solid top-four defenseman. Uh, so I, I do think that this would be a nice pick for the Seattle Kraken, just speaking of taking a lot of defensemen and you know he even could be a guy that you know if you want to move him you could get some nice value for maybe a a second round pick plus another asset so uh who knows but uh, i do think uh, whether you want to keep him on your roster or move him i do think brady shea would be a nice pick for seattle and as we know and have talked about countless times on this podcast carolina has a boatload of defensemen to play around with so uh what do you guys think about this pick brady shea to uh seattle potentially well i'm glad someone mentioned him because that's a guy i wanted to talk about but couldn't really fit him into the schedule um (laughs) i really like the player he's one of maybe five guys in the last 15 years i've liked from the new york rangers um I think he's a really great player to watch. And I think that maybe he was a little quiet last year because he's playing on Carolina. Look how many great defensemen are on this team. And it's a kind of a quiet team in, in the first place. Like no one's really jumping off the page other than like an Aho or a Svechnikov. It's just a, a quiet team to play for. And one of the most valuable players in the expansion draft that's going to be available because uh, they instantly lose a great player if they, they protect four defensemen. So... I mean, there's still a great defenseman available if they protect four defensemen. So it's a really tough situation in Carolina. And I think that Brady Shea is is the option for Seattle. Um, I think bigger minutes and a bigger role could be good for this guy. Yep. See, I actually think they can protect him. Like, I think if they expose Dougie Hamilton, they could protect him. It sounds like Hamilton doesn't want to stay in Carolina. It sounds like he might be able to get more money somewhere else. So... If they leave him exposed, then they could protect Slavin, Shea, and Brett Pesci. So, I mean, it, it'll depend if he's available. If not, then you you can take Jake Gardner to play on your bottom pair. Like, that's still a value pick right there for, for a defenseman. I don't know if the dollar value makes sense for a bottom pair guy, but still a pretty good player. So, it'll be interesting. I, Bray's, uh, Bray, 
Brady Shea, I combined the two names. Wow, it's late, boys. Uh, Shea, Shea is still a good player. Like I, I think he's there's a lot of value there, and I think Carolina would like to keep him because they did make that trade for him to to the Rangers. But I don't know. I, I guess it'll be decided whether or not they protect Dougie Hamilton. I don't know if it makes sense. Like that's the thing with the UFAs. Like I don't know when it makes sense to do so. I like I guess we're gonna have to see what happens, but. I don't know. If you guys are, are Carolina, are you protecting Dougie Hamilton, the UFA? The best, you know, the thing that I would want to say is if I was a Carolina GM is, you know, I do two things. I, I do protect um, Dougie Hamilton because I sign him before and I guarantee a trade. Like that's really the, the best case for Carolina is to get them signed and trade them. Yeah. So, yeah, well, just keep them. Uh, Why not keep them though? Because he doesn't want to be there. He's not going to sign knowing that he's not going to be traded. I guess so. It's just a shame. He's so good. Like, yeah, that team is so good too. And they're probably if they lose him, they're going to get a lot worse real quick. But Harp, what like would you protect mm-hmm. him as a UFA? If if I if I knew beforehand that he was going to commit to the organization long term, then then absolutely or, you know, move him after. Like, it's just it's it's tough. I mean, it I, I, I think I would like he's he's one of your best defensemen. I mean, there's no question. Well, he is the best. Yeah, like, I don't think there's a question there. Like he's the best. Well, like, he's one uh, of the he's one of the best in the NHL, dude. Come on. I know, but also uh, Jacob Slavin, man. Like you could argue him as he's well. Good. But yeah, H- Hamilton's on another tier. Come on. So, but they're both. No, good. I I don't know. I I don't know. I don't think the gap is as big as you think it is, man. Slavin got Norris votes this year. I think they're very different defensemen. Exactly. exactly. They are. Hamilton has the offensive ability yes. that Slavin doesn't have, and Slavin quietly kind of goes about his business. So uh, anyway, no, I, maybe, I get it. Maybe the, the he's better conversation is, is tougher than to have than the, the value conversation because right yeah. right-handed defenseman in the top of scoring <laughs> the last couple of years who's six foot six is like yeah, the yeah. Cream of the crop when it comes to value. Well, also, I mean, and the NHL GMs just don't really know how to value defensemen in general. Like, why does a you know a guy who plays twenty five minutes a night and shuts down the other team as a defenseman, if he doesn't score more than forty points, he only makes like four million bucks. You know what I mean? Whereas, yeah. like a, a third line player can make like six million if he gets like 60 points a year 50 points a year or something it's it's weird like it's weird how it's structured but it is yeah or or you know nine million dollars on the fourth line in the press box so yeah (laughs) because he once scored a lot oh god (laughs) anyway okay we gotta go uh there we go there was uh nine players that could be uh some pretty nice picks for the seattle kraken uh at the expansion draft which will be on july 21st in a couple of weeks so get ready for that mark it on your calendars and uh here we go. It is the best time of the year, the off season. So we look forward to everything that's coming down the pipe with the expansion draft, the draft, uh, free agency, all of it. Looking forward to it. Also, we've got the Pepsi Cup coming up uh, three days after 
the expansion draft. So on the 24th, we're looking forward to that as well. Uh, make sure you watch out for upcoming stuff on our social media channels. Thank you for listening to episode 91, and we will talk to you again next week. This has been another episode of Boys in the Booth with Harper Cody, Chad Melbourne, and Casey Abrams. New episodes every Monday on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Connect with the Boys in the Booth on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Boys in the Booth. Visit boysinthebooth.com for show details. And don't forget, you can become a patron of the podcast for just $1 a month at www.patron.com slash boysinthebooth.